This is Live from the Table, the official podcast of New York's world-famous Comedy Cellar, coming at you on Sirius XM 99, Raw Dog, and on the Laugh Button Podcast Network, Dan Natterman coming at you. We got uh, Noam Dorman here, owner of the world-famous Comedy Cellar. Periel Ashenbrand is with us, and we have uh, Isabel Hagen will be joining us in a, in, in a bit. She is a comic and a violist, but we'll talk with her later. The big news this week is Dan Natterman's book is out. Uh, I Respiro before COVID. COVID went live. Where, where are our cameras? Can we see them in, in monitor here? We can see them. This is Dan Natterman's book. Go ahead. That's Dan. my book, I Respiro before COVID. Uh, it's been out for about a week and a half. It's available on Amazon, either as a paperback or an ebook. And if you have a Kindle, you can get a free sample. You have nothing to lose, people, by downloading. I think they give you three chapters. Read the quotes on the back. Well, the quotes on the back are impressive. You can read the quotes on the back. Read the quotes on the back. How annoyingly good is this book? The always funny Dan Natterman wrote a great novel full of surprises, Jim Gaffigan. For Dan Natterman to take a novel about an erotic comedian and his fear of success is so out of his wheelhouse, (laughs) it's mind-blowing. I'm kind of torn. I think this book could sell millions of copies, but the potential adverse effects on Dan may not be worth it. Howie Mandel. Dan brings his uniquely hilarious point of view to every page of this novel. I didn't want it to end. Ophira Eisenberg. Hey, why didn't you ask me for a quote? I know. Why didn't you ask me for a quote? Well, it's not too late. I can always change it. But um, by the way, of those three quotes, I'm pretty sure Ophira is the only one that actually read it. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I can't say, uh, you you know, as far as the other two are concerned, uh, they may or may not have. I just don't know. First of all, Jim Gaffigan is a pretty devout Catholic. So you don't think he would lie? I don't think. and he Because he didn't. He didn't word it in a with plausible deniability. He said uh, a great novel full of surprises, as if he. Uh... Yeah, that's true. I mean, a lot a lot of times when you read a, uh, the blurbs on a book, especially a blurb written a book written by a, a comic, a lot of times it'll be like, you know, so and so is the funniest guy I know. Yeah, like Tom Papa's book, like yeah. the, the blurbs in Tom Papa's right. book. Right, it, it won't Seinfeld actually re- reference the book itself. So, I don't know. Uh, Afira did tell me she read it. And very much enjoyed it. The other two just sent me the blurb, and I really just don't know. I mean, it's, it looks like it's very big type with, with small words. I, th- I think she... <laughs> I, uh, uh, you think I'd be able to make, yeah, I think make it? <laughs> well, I actually redid the font. The font, I, I have a new font. That's an old version. I, the new font looks Yeah, I don't like more, this font at all. The new font looks a little bit more classically like a novel that you would normally see. So there's a new font. Anyway... What, what, are, what are these dashes? That's, uh, that's uh, dialogue. Right. Don't you put quotation marks? Uh, you don't have to. People. Let me see. First of all, think, I don't think I've ever seen that. Let me well, see. I, I, Is that like a script? A script no, no, no. I, that's a very common way of doing it. How come I've never seen that? No, before? it's not a very common way of doing it. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty common way of doing it. I've never uh, seen that. Okay. I've read more than one book in my life, and I've never seen it done like this. Well, I have. Okay. And... Uh, you know, you don't need to disparage the book. I'm not, not disparaging, disparaging the book. The, book. Right the gate, you're, but you're a trendsetter. Nobody cares. No one's going to buy the book or not buy the book because of the way you do your handling. Uh, as far as Howie Mandel's quote about selling a million copies, we're a little far from the a million at this point. We're at about eighty. Well, listen, but, I, uh, you know, famous people sometimes only sell five thousand, so eighty, eighty is pretty good. Well, eighty in a week and a half is okay. You know, I don't know how many of those are people I know personally. Probably about half. And I, you know, I'll be doing some marketing. Yeah, I you mean, have to do. You have to go on like a sort of book tour, or you have to bring it with you when you go do your um, well, well, first, shows. We're sending out an email this week. Can't you give me a, a little blurb? I mean, a little, um, 
you know, something to, something to send in the email, and I'll take a graphic off Amazon, and I'll and I'll promote your book on our. To our okay, I'll send you. Uh, oh, that's so nice. That's very nice. That's very. Well, nice. you didn't let me finish. And, <laughs> and take twenty percent. And only. And only <laughs> no, yeah, we could do that. Okay, great. I'll send you that uh, information. I'm also I I uh, I was on Jim Norton's podcast. I don't know. You know how much mileage I got out of that. It's really hard to say because you know the, the sales coming in in dribs and drabs, and I don't know how much of it is attributable to my Facebook posts or doing Jim's show. Well, how do we get you on Rogan? We probably don't get me on Rogan. Why well, don't say that? You could probably get on Rogan. I mean, Ari, you Sha always undersell yourself. Ari Shafir does Rogan a lot. I suppose I could talk to him, but you yeah, yeah. I, I you doubt very highly. I just don't know Rogan, you know. Well, if if Rogan read the, I don't know if Rogan reads books, but if if you gave him a copy and he read it and he liked it, that would so. right. But let's face it, people to to read a book is a big deal. I mean, look how long it's taken you to read my book, uh, for you know, example. books, and you're friends with Perry Allen. You haven't. No, read I'm a book. I'm going to read your book. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, it takes a long time to read, and most or not at all, or not at all, and. <laughs> Uh, even the people that are friends of mine, you know, that said, I can't wait to read it, uh, you know. Uh, Listen, I, ha I have trouble getting to emails. I mean, it's, it's tough. So, so it's, it's tough you know to, what? People say make that, time for the things that they want to do. Absolutely. You should, uh, Gilbert, I'll bet you could go on Gilbert's podcast. Great Big Colossal. Yeah. Well, uh, that, I mean, I could try. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, he has, he, tend to, he tends to have like famous guests that are 80 years old and more. Does Howie Mandel have a podcast? Yeah, I'm doing his next week. He said, uh, we don't have a date, but he said I could do it. That's now, amazing. Let's get to the real heart of the matter, Dan, here. Okay, my colonoscopy? Is, okay. is this, oh, did you had it? I had I it. I want to yeah. hear about that too. Okay. Is this book um, good for a movie? I think it's good for a movie or a Netflix series, yeah. I mean, yeah. I wrote it half with that in mind because uh, that's yeah. the only way to make any money. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I was getting at, yeah. So, so you must have a, a, a master plan here. So you got to get it in the hands. Yeah, you got to get it to Judd Apatow. Judd, you listen to this podcast. Maybe, well, maybe your next star you. vehicle will be Dan Natterman's book. Well, he's certainly, uh, I, he's certainly welcome to get a coffee at half off. A coffee at half off. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I, I'd be happy. Did to you send it to him? Send it to him. No, I haven't. I'll contact him. Oh yeah, yeah. I have been on. I just wanted for... to make sure it's good first before I start sending it to people that might judge me. You and know. you look very handsome in this picture. That's Lamore Garfinkel took that picture. I want to go on record here is that I've been saying for a while. I use your regular voice, Doctor. That Dan is it's Philip Roth meets Jonathan Ames. I know who Philip Roth is. Who's the other person? Jonathan Ames. He's a more current. Never guy. heard of him. Well, um, that's. Is it like Banksy? But Periel hasn't read it either. She but I've read, I've read enough of it. You, that's your shortcoming that you haven't heard of Jonathan, not not mine. Uh, Mike, <laughs> you know who Jonathan Ames is? All right, I'm with I'm with the regular people. What is what, okay? What? Dan, do you know who Jonathan Ames is? I know who he is. Who is he? Oh, okay. He's an author. He wrote uh, the Extra Man. That was, was turned his, into a novel. And he, was turned into a movie with. Um, Sorry, that with, was uh, Kevin movie. Klein, I believe. Mm -hmm. It was like a small movie, but it was nonetheless. And um, a television show with uh, Ted Danson and Zach Galifianakis. The Good Place? No. Oh, was okay, so what else are we getting to? Oh, see, now that Your it's a real how, thing, he moves on. How, well, just, how was the colonoscopy? I'll tell you, the doctor was very impressed with my colon. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not, um, there were no polyps, thank God. God, because I don't want to have to. You have to go back in like three years, right? If they five years, I had I had a small polyp. What do they? Not, do? not the last time, the time prior. Huh? They stick a thing up your butt. Yeah, they stick a thing up. I mean, you're asleep for it. They put you on propofol. 
Oh, and, they can keep you awake if you prefer Perio. Oh, I, think, I, think I think they can, actually. I don't, <laughs> if, you'd, if you'd prefer. But, uh, <laughs> they, they, and the doctor, was also, the doctor was also impressed with my uh, prep, my prep. So I don't mean to, again, I don't mean to uh, well, just brag, so, but uh, <laughs> he, he was very impressed that I had clean, because you have to clean yourself out down there. Um, like you have to wipe your butt? No, oh. no. You have to take a special solution, which is disgusting and horrifying. <laughs> and then you get diarrhea for like Ew. hours. It's a horrific process. <laughs> so the, and apparently that the prep is really the key because uh, there are a lot of people who actually get colon cancer and die in, in close proximity to their last colonoscopy where they were given a all help. clear. Yeah, oh. And that's attributed mostly, as I've heard, to uh, bad prep. The, the 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 doctor just can't see there's all that shit down there. Ew. Well, well, doesn't the doctor tell you, look, you didn't do a good job, we gotta redo this? Yeah, I, I would think you're right that there's something I mean, I heard this from a doctor, so they didn't they didn't concentrate on the fact that that's no excuse. The doctor should say, you know what, it's it's not clean enough. You're gonna you are gonna have to come back another day. But sometimes they don't do that. How come I don't have to do a colonoscopy? Well, you do at fifty, they recommend it. You don't have nobody has to do it, but at fifty they recommend it. Now you're not fifty, so No, I'm not. So they not don't yet. Rec- unless you have family history, in which case you should do it more frequently. I do wonder whether they can find residue of bodily fluid in there. You mean like semen? Like semen. Did they find any not for after, you? Not after the prep. Not, not unless you, you deposit it there after the prep. <laughs> well, you never know. Just one before you go, a little, you know, a little send-off. <laughs> but, I mean, but, I, I, you're, actually, you're actually right because if, if listen, I, I'm not... Did I'm, they find that for either one no, of you I was guys? I'll say this. Well, I'm, the, the I'm do- not gay. <laughs> yeah. And not there's anything wrong with it. And uh, <laughs> and I don't want to. I don't want to have anal sex with a man. But if I were, I would want to do it after he prepped. <laughs> yes, that's the best time to do it. That would be the. That would be the time. Clean to as do a whistle. <laughs> but uh, a lot of gay guys do use enemas. But uh, Dub and I would they have sex. How do you know this? Because I have a lot of gay guy friends, and we talk about sex. Dub and I were joking that if they could find that, then afterwards you get the bill. It's like, okay, that's 10000 for the colonoscopy and 200000 not to tell your wife <laughs> what you've been doing. So the good news is I got, the, I'm not going to do that on stage. I do have a couple colonoscopy jokes, though, that I did come up with that I'll test out tonight. So I know the colonoscopy is kind of a well-worn topic in stand-up, but uh, there's, always, there's, always room to yeah. do it. there's always room to do it better, hopefully. Why aren't you going to do that one on stage? That was funny. Well, I might, I might. Okay. I just think semen, whenever we get into bodily fluids, and it, it's it, that's an extra layer of dirty. There's like dirty, and then there's bodily fluid. Right, that's my area. You know what I mean? And then you can't make fun of anything gay anymore. And also, yeah, it's gay, so, you know. You can only it, punch, it then becomes punch up, problematic. Yeah, punch up. <laughs> Don't you know punch I've, up? I've abandoned my, I mean, speaking of jokes you can't do, I've abandoned my joke about um, George Washington saying, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I abandoned it. I tried it one more time. I think you were even in the room, and it was like, got nothing. I said, okay, that's it. I'm not doing it again. Yeah, he talked about it. You, you want to tell it? I'll tell you. I've talked about it before, but just if you haven't listened, I had a joke about how you go back in time and you say to George Washington, hey, George Washington, I'm from the future, and believe, you know, believe it or not, by 2050, white people will be a minority of the U.S. population, and Washington would be like, really, we're going to have that many slaves at white people? And um, so, so anyway. <laughs> and, and it has killed, but it's also just gotten nothing, and it's not worth the 50% of the time it's gotten nothing. Well, so. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a really interesting subject because the joke is obviously not anti-black or pro-slavery or anything like that. It's, it's right. making fun of the fact that George Washington wouldn't be able to conceive of something so different from what he 
No, but the subject has become so risky that nobody even knows what they can or can't laugh at anymore. Very few people have confidence in their own take on things. And so they just, they just seize up, right? That's what happens. Yeah. And it's not, it's not just that they don't laugh, but there's like the occasional, like, you know, like, oh my, you know, like almost like a, 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 an audible gasp. And so I said, it's it's just not worth it for the, you know, for the times that it does get laughs. I, I can't take the risk, you know? I mean, maybe if I were, a famous comic and in, into controversy. I don't know, but, but I'm, you know, I, I just not worth it to me. So, uh, fuck it. Maybe, maybe, know. maybe people would say, hey, you know what? There's something to this that, uh, we're just too casual with the concept of slavery. In other words, you, you, you wouldn't joke about Jews being, you know, in the concentration camps or burn. Maybe you would burn in the ovens, but when you do, you're like, you realize that you're you're joking about something horrible, right? But we sort of just talk about slavery without sometimes without fully thinking about what we're talking about, like how how you know we're talking about something so awful. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess like that's acknowledged. I guess, and and um, you know, I I'm willing to follow the audience's lead. If they're not into the joke, then I won't do it. I mean, I'm, I, I you know, I mean, my my, I don't think I'm saying anything wrong. But if it's going to upset people, then obviously I'm not in the business of upsetting people. You know, uh, I'm not, so I'll just not, not do the joke, but... Um, what I'm saying, like... Is, what, like what's, yeah, I know is, what you're is, saying. Is, you're is saying, like, like, even if you said something about the Holocaust that wasn't directly defending the just bringing it up. Yeah. And, you, and if you're not Jewish, and I'm not black, then then it might be... And now, no, Jim Norton told... I don't want to tell Jim Norton's joke, so I, I guess it's a damn good joke, by the way, about the Olympics, but he, he references Germany. He doesn't say the Holocaust, but he references Germany, and it's very funny. Well, uh, isn't that movie funny thing on the way to the forum? Is that the movie? And they and there's, there's slaves in that movie. They depict slaves and they're like comical. Well, that might was be. Was there a Mostel or whatever it is? You know, whatever. Go ahead. I mean, that was a different time. There was also Blazing Saddles, which... There no slaves in Blazing Saddles. No, there weren't, but but they like they, 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 they use the N-word a lot. Yeah. And um, they talk about rape, you know, and, and it's a comedy. And I don't know if you remember that scene. Yeah, yeah, I do. I have a really... I know this is going to come as a great shock to you, but I have a really funny. I'm already shocked. I have a really funny and smart joke about rape. And it, I noticed that every single time I say the word rape on stage, the audience sort of seizes up. And Lenny Marcus told me that I should try changing it to sexual assault in the same. Well, if it works, that would well, be a little, what, li- a little better. Yeah. What's well, the joke? What's the joke? No, I'm not going to tell it on. I'm not going to tell it on here, but um, why not? Because I don't want to, because I don't want you to tell me it's not funny. Um, come to a show and you can see it. Um, but it really did. I guess I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> but it really did make a difference. I think that when I said sexual assault and it was like people didn't get so freaked out and they were able to actually. Yeah, well, you know, I know I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but you, but you have a little bit of that thing that. Some, not all, not all, but some female comics have. Here we go. Uh, not in a while. I, you know, I forget it. No, 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 no. Go ahead. You have, you have some of that thing that some people have, not even female comics. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Where you you lean into like the vulgarity of the thing, like, mm-hmm. and what Lenny was saying is like, you don't actually don't. That's not what's actually funny about the joke. So you don't need to do that. Okay, so number one, you have an aversion to vulgarity to begin with. You don't like things that are vulgar. 
Yeah, I don't. Okay. But, you know, don't, the right? word vulgar is, you know, a, has, has a pejorative meaning to be. You're not supposed to like things that are vulgar, but go ahead. Well, I mean, it's You don't not, like things that are obscene, that are, that are. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, like I, I don't like, I, not, I don't like people talking about taking shits and I, and I especially don't like, I can't help it. I'm a sexist. What do you want, Mike? <laughs> I, I don't like to see pretty girls talking about right. their shit. I don't like yeah. it. Right. But. And you know what? I represent 99% of people in the world when I say that, even though they won't admit it. No, Nobody well, likes to no, hear that. No, no, that's not. I don't want to hear Mary Tyler Moore, you know, saying I just had diarrhea on, on the oh, on Mary Tyler Moore show. But it's okay. It's, it's okay to have, you know, like, I don't know, Bobby Kelly talk about it. That that doesn't bother you at all. I, I wouldn't. No, I don't like it when Bobby Kelly talks about it, but. But you're more accepting of it. It it goes down easier, yeah, yeah. because because uh, he's, he's a because he's a gross dude, you know. And <laughs> here's the thing: I don't think that right, Dan. You agree with me? Well, I'll say this: I I don't mind necessarily when an attractive woman talks about shitting. It's just it's going to make her less attractive to me, but it might still make me laugh. It's not as funny. Go ahead. I've got news for you guys. I don't think that we're trying to make you be attracted to us when we're. Well, that's fine. That's that. fine. I'm just saying my reaction. What my reaction is. But the point is, is that I don't think that's why. I don't think that it's about leaning into the vulgarity. Well, you won't tell us the it. joke, so we can't just. So Periel did have a funny routine about um, having to do a, 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 a proctological exam during COVID, and she had to put her ass up against yeah. the. Uh, How do you uh, know that joke? We saw it. We saw it. I watched one of your shows one time. You Which, did. Yeah, we watched uh, this. I'm, I'm not okay. What's the name of your show? Oh, we're not okay. We're that, not okay. That yeah, no, that was, that was that's yeah. Jessica and Rachel's. But yeah, you did it on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I do it in real life. It's funnier in real life. That that's actually that's that's funny. Uh, like, she thank God that happened to you. To you. <laughs> but but that doesn't gross you out. She's talking about spreading her butt in front of a camera on Zoom. No, it doesn't gross me out the same way. I have to say it, it doesn't because because it's and there um, was there was like a, a hemorrhoid in there too. I think. Yeah, well, that's right. If she started describing the hemorrhoid, I wouldn't like that. But the fact is that she was, she's describing a real life incident and, and she, and, and actually she's a little bit shy about it <laughs> because it actually happened to her. So that the combination of a little bit of, sh a little bit of shyness in the delivery and the fact that it's real, it's not like just a contrived reason to talk about discussing things. Like it's not, it's not for shock value. Right, I it's totally, actually real. I actually Wait, so totally agree with that. When you yeah. say you don't like vulgarity, you don't like just or obscenity coming from women or 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 men, you don't love it either. I don't I don't love it either, but that that's not vulgar. That actually that's like real thing. Mm. Well, it's it's whatever it the is. Rape it's, thing's a real thing too. I mean, people shitting's yeah. a real thing too. I mean, you know, all these things are real, but yeah, they're, But what about Norton's act? I haven't seen his latest uh, stroke of genius act. So I, I heard, I hearing that it's I love it. the greatest thing ever. He's a, it's absolutely well. He talks incredible. about his love of, of of trans women, and it's just it's just so refreshing because you just don't. That's a perspective you just never. I've ne literally never heard it from any comic ever in the history of comedy. That's so what I for that reason, it's good. Um, he's he's also a brilliant comic. Yeah, he's a great comic. He's but but in addition in addition to that, you're hearing something, you know, you're hearing something you just literally have never heard before and an honesty uh that that's quite refreshing. So, you know, um, I'm so glad. So that's that why I, I you know, I enjoy it like cuz I don't watch comedy much anymore, but I I have, you know, run down to see Jim. Now I might get tired of it, but the past couple of times I very much enjoyed hearing uh, him, you know, it's particularly that topic. But um, right, where is our viola? She, she's coming soon. Do you, uh, Are you that bored of talking to us? You have six more minutes of just us. You think you can handle it? Well, let's talk about. Uh, well, what about the 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 Olympics with uh, Simone Biles? Oh, 
I don't know anything about that. Oh, oh Sim- my God. Go. Well, please. Simone Biles, she's a gymnast. She's like, she's 21, which is pretty old for a female gymnast. I'm shocked she's still doing it. But, um, I mean, that's like, you know, the equivalent of, a, of a, an 80-year-old comedian. Dan, uh, um, yeah, I, I, f- female um, gymnast age and decay in performance is a social construct. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but it has, it has nothing to do with that. She, she, she's considered one of the greatest ever, if not the greatest ever. And she dropped out of the Olympics. She said she's having... I don't know precisely. A lot of pressure, mental. Like she got to say, I got to take. She said, I got to concentrate on my mental health, so I'm dropping out. And a lot of people said, Oh, you're a quit. And I'm, I don't know a lot. People on Twitter say a lot of things. So some people are saying, Oh, you know, she's a quitter. She, you know, she, she, uh, she turned her back on her country. She's supposed to be there representing us, and now she's saying, you know, I quit. Um, and again, I don't know how many people really think that. It's hard to believe it's that huge a number that are that ridiculous, but. Some people are saying that, and um, obviously, and of course, people are defending Simone Biles, and many are praising her for shining a spotlight on 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 depression and whatever does she, mental is issue. She depressed? I don't know what mental issue she has specifically, but 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 bravo to her. People are saying, and I would agree for at least for acknowledging that there's nothing shameful about having psychological issues, and if you have to drop out, you have to drop out. This so girl, is that a reasonable summary of the Yeah, it is, but I think that also I th- didn't, I, didn't she also have some physical problems? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but I but that's too. not what people seem to be concentrating on. People are forgiving of injury, but when you're when you say it's too much pressure, I'm too anxious or whatever it is, then people are, tend to be less forgiving about it. You're not going to like this at all, but it's also because she's a young black woman I, well, why don't i like that well because you th- you always say that i make everything about like oh, i say that people are being hard on her because yes, she's a black woman and girls and you th- <clears throat> there's could, our guest could be oh, could be um it is simone biles doesn't own it doesn't owe anybody shit i mean it's outrageous that people have the audacity to even mutter a fucking word yeah i agree it's her decision whatever i mean i don't care if she quit because she just felt like quitting i don't care why she quit i mean this girl has broken literally every single olympic record as a female gymnast i think in like the history of gymnastics no no i i listen you would have to presume that winning a gold medal in the olympics is the lifelong dream of someone who goes I think she's already done that into that but but yeah. I, yeah. All right, but still, this is this this is this is the Madison Square Garden. This is it, right? So you got to yeah, hi. So you have to presume that if she um, if she didn't want to follow through with that, you have to presume that she had a a, a reason, which was a pretty strong, compelling reason. in some way. It wasn't, it wasn't like, but but um, having said that, if if she did back out, you have, you have to presume it's a reason that's not casual. But even if it were casual, no, it's her decision. That's what I was saying. No, but if it is casual, no, I would say no because it, there's there's tremendous amount of resources and time, and you take up a spot on a team that would have been filled by someone else. Okay, okay. And okay. and people depend on you, and people, your team depends on you for team medals. There's you you don't you don't take a spot on the Olympic team. Okay, all and right. Say, ah, right. you know, I, I changed my mind. Well, I don't. No, that's I not. But I totally don't think. Okay, that's what, okay. I would say that. Why, I think why I, would anybody do that? Right. No. Nobody would do that. Anyway, Isabel Hagen, ladies and gentlemen, is with us. She is a. Hello, Isabel. It's been a long time. Hello. Oh, no, I saw you actually a couple weeks ago here. Yeah, we've, we've sort of been floating around each other. <laughs> Isabel Hagen is not just a. She's a comedian. I've never. 
I th- think I did see you once, and a couple of years ago at the Skank Fest, there was some Brooklyn thing with skanks. There was skank. There was a skank there were related skanks there. It was a skank related event out in Brooklyn, and uh, and I recall being impressed by uh, Isabel's act. But it was a couple of years ago. I'm sure it's better now. But in any case, she's also a... V- well, I don't recall exactly precisely. But some, some people get worse. New. Let's not deny it. Some people have gotten worse. Many people. Have <laughs> they, do you think? Do people get worse? An, oh, yeah. There's an arc. Yeah. But not young people true? like Isabel. At her age, she's still going up. You could... At, at 40, you might start to decline if you just say fuck it and you give up. I saw him, I saw young Paul McCartney when he was with, with the Beatles, but I'm sure he's even better now. No, he's <laughs> not. No, well, <laughs> mu- music, is, music and comedy are different in that regard. Anyway, Isabel... And Isabel knows both worlds because not only is she a comedian, she is a, a concert violist. I am, yes. yes. I, I rarely hear it put that way, a concert violist. Well, are you not a concert violist? No, I, am. I guess I am. A con- I play concerts, and I'm a violist. Are you, so. are you in an orchestra? I'm not in a regular orchestra. I, yeah, I, I'm a violist for hire. So I've played, I sub in like, when, when the Lion King is happening, I sub in the Lion King. Uh, I get hired out for different tours with different wow. artists and things. Now, 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 this thing about the viola does not match um, stand-up comedy at all. Because... A, a person who wants to be a star, they want to be first violin. Like the, you, like the, the, vi, the first violin, that is the ego spot. Well, Violas so, is supporting. So how, how did you get into supporting viola? player? That's not that's not the that's not the, like the, the personality type of a star. Well, look. Right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've thought about it. When I was, I, I started violin when I was five, and then I switched to viola when I was ten. But not because I didn't want to be a star, just because I had a crush on a guy who played the viola, and not I wanted to be just like him. And actually. Because not a lot of people my age played the viola, I was suddenly in high demand. So I think in a way I was kind of a star as a violist. There you go. It makes sense. Uh, but I liked being a team player. But then, yeah, comedy, it's a whole different thing. I guess I decided I wanted to be for up the, front. For the idiots and the, and the ignorant uh, among us, what is the difference between a viola and a violin precisely? I guess we'll hear the difference when you play it. But Yeah, maybe. But <laughs> the viola is a little bigger. But you still play it just like a violin. It's lower. So is it? It's low? lower. Yeah, it's in between. E A D G is a violin, and an A D G C is a viola, right? Yes, and you play the mandolin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say it's the same. And tuning. so the cello. So you'd go violin. I play the mandola. You don't play the. Okay, I do. You do. Yeah, do you have your mandola? Uh, uh, not with me, but oh, I, have, okay. I, have a, I have a Gibson mandola. Mandola. Oh, wow. Did you know that there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's a mandolin uh, equivalent to every. There's a mandola, a man, a mandocello, and a mando bass, and there's whole mandolin orchestras that play all the instruments of the. So, so, so you would say it's the violin's the highest, then you got the viola, then the cello, yes, and then the bass. The viola is the middle child. Yeah. Okay. But, but I wouldn't. I would wonder about a mando bass because the double strings, but it's it, so it's, big. I think it's single string. Okay. I'm not sure. All right. So that's a good question. At what point does it just become a bass? Well, it's steel, steel strings like the. Okay. Like it's like piano strings, kind of. Right. I, I don't know. We can look it up. Go ahead. You talk. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. It's We're talking just about that's usually on any <laughs> subject. So, so do we want to hear? So, so um, well, before we get to, because I think you're going to play a little bit for us. Oh, yeah, I'll play. Because uh, you have your... Uh, so uh, this is what a mandel bass looks like. Oops. Well, anyway, let's not go too... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's, it looks like, a, it's like a huge go, like, so deep mandolin. Weeds of do you, it. What? Do you stand up and play it? No, I don't think you stand up and play You pick it, I think. So, so if you could be a star in the world of classical music or in the world of comedy, and you can only be a star in one of those worlds. Oh, no. Here's a, I'm sorry. This, this is right. the mandolin. Look at that. Finish my... <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, look at this. Look at this. That is a huge instrument. That looks like a balalaika. 
But look at it, look at it. Look, it's a it's a what huge like a it's a, it's a, a mandolin. style mandolin like totally. It's a komodo. Uh, it's a komodo okay, uh, violin. But okay. you play it sideways like, and, and and there's a woman playing it. Go ahead. Go you ahead. could be world a world famous classical violist, assuming there is such a thing. Yeah, there or, are. There are few. Okay, or you could be a world famous comic, which, and you can only pick one because comic. You pick comic. Okay, comic is your. So you say comedy is a love. Is is your first love, or has become your first love? It, it was your first love was viola, but comedy came along and stole you away. It did, yeah. Viola is like that long marriage you have, and like it's love hate. It's and not it's, exciting it's, anymore. It's not ex- No, no. And comedy is like the mistress. <laughs> have you heard of the uh, violist uh, Evan Wilson? No. Oh, okay. Did you make that up? <laughs> no, I, I went. I went to summer camp with Evan Wilson, but then he became a very important violist. He, I think, was first violist for the Los Angeles well, Philharmonic. One, quick, one or quick question. Yeah. Before we get to the viola uh, yeah. performance, why is it that there's such a thing as a a world famous violinist who doesn't write music but can only is only world famous because they play violin? There's a, people that are only world famous because they play piano, even though they don't write anything or they don't have any hits, quote unquote. But there's no world famous guitarist that's only world famous because they play guitar. Of course, there is. There is who it is. Classical guitar players. Tons I mean, other than Django Reinhardt. There's tons of them. West Montgomery. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, but that's not associated with a group that has hit songs? I think it's yeah. probably just because there's so many famous guitar players who are like pop guitarists that they distract from the classical where there's like no pop, like violists. So, so, <laughs> so the only ones we look at are the ones who are like playing other people's music. Now, is, is Yasha Heifetz in that crowd so far? Uh, and it's a yo-yo mino. You don't play those instruments, but... It's in the same family. Are those guys just that good, or is a lot of marketing and PR and bullshit like it is in every other field? They are. They are that good. I, there are probably other people who are that good who who Let's don't have attention. The, the, the great Jewish classical musicians, uh, the, especially the the Russian ones. That's that's it. That, that's the gold standard. Oh my God. Right? Am I lying? I don't know. I mean, it's all... and Horowitz on the piano, Rubenstein, Hitchcock, Perlman, all You of them. play the guitar, don't you? No, I don't want to say something about what Dan's question. Just to, just to be clear, in classical music, you don't, uh, you don't, you, you play the notes on the page. So you become famous as a virtuoso interpreter of classical music. These other guitarists like Django Reinhardt, they may not write songs, but they're, it's jazz. So, so they're still, they're still creative they're still writing. They're imp- 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 improvising. So the anal- the analog to what you're describing with her would be like Andre Segovia or Julian Bream or one of these famous classical guitarists. But there, yeah, there's many famous okay, classical well. guitarists, right? Yeah, I don't know any. I couldn't tell you any of their names, but uh... when you with the <laughs> average, so the average person, when you say great guitarist, the average person is going to say Eddie Van Halen. They're going to say and those are rock stars, right. you know, because those are the famous ones, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Do right. you play the guitar? Don't you play the guitar? Yes, I do. So why'd you say you play the mandolin? Because he plays the mandolin too. Well, she, I mean. Just, do you see, like you just met me. Do you see what I go through? Is that the me. dumbest question you've had? No, it's not the dumbest not question. A- <laughs> you said, she said, I play the viola. And you said, I play the mandolin. Like, I'm assuming that if you play an instrument, like you're, you have, everybody has like their instrument. Well, some people play more than one instrument. 
Like a, but your thing is the viola. I play the viola. I could also violin. play the violin. I don't really play the violin, but I could because it's so similar. I should probably play some but, piano. But I know I actually am very bad at piano, but most people and also play. She doesn't play, play piano. I'm, I'm well, hilariously inept. Most, in most musicians but play I, piano. But I'm the exception. Yeah, most string players also can play a little piano. Can I, can, I can play piano. So, no, let's, why don't we hear a little bit of... Uh, of, of Isabel on I, wish, I should have brought my guitar could, could, well, Don't could, you have what? a guitar? Um, we'd have to plug it in I don't, I don't think we have any uh, any, uh, any legit acoustics here I could, I, I could take I don't have the combination You know how to get in there? Yeah I do Open it for me And then she can take her viol out And Dan Dan will have to talk uh, well, Everybody's also, got an assignment there no, There's not a dumb question By the way Isabel How can I play the mandolin we don't, And play no, the guitar? It wasn't how can you play the vi- the mandolin. That wasn't what I. We don't pay our guests, but we do give you the gift of literature. Uh, I've written a book. If you would like a free copy, there's one right over there. I can give you one. I am going to tell you something amazing about this. Um, she has. She, we're on YouTube. Right? Looks just I'm, looks just like a violin. But I here's a the thing, Dan. Bigger. She has a bow there. Look at. Show him your bow. Yeah. You know, Dan. That some now this doesn't look like a high tech piece of anything, right? No, some no, bows can cost tens of thousands of dollars. Am I right? Yes. Tens of thousands of dollars for a bow. My bow is not that expensive, but like they can ones? they can be. I have a actually a hilariously cheap bow. A lot of my fellow musicians laugh when I tell them how cheap it is. How cheap is it? It's like four hundred bucks. But even four hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean that doesn't sound that cheap. What's now? What's the difference with the very expensive one? What is that made out of? Wood and horsehair. But I mean, like it's like it's cheaply made. There's like a lot of bow makers are like that's their specialty. They just make the bow. So it's like this very intense craftsmanship. I think this is probably like I don't know who made this bow. Some maybe it's like factory made. It's like all crooked. Does it sound different when you? Arguably, I I've been using this since I was. 15 and it's been fine and I'm just wow. comfortable with Does it. Does it kind of and... remind you of Harry Potter and the wands? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone <laughs> someone referred to the bow as the wand recently on another podcast and I thought that was hilarious. Anyway, here's Isabel and her Walmart bow. <laughs> am I am I playing into this this, this I microphone? Get, I don't know. How do we well, do this? No, no I'm getting his... Um... I think just play and it should... Uh... Oh, he's getting his guitar. Yeah, but you can put... You can, before he gets here, right, if you want... Wh- sounds. Wh- the... Okay, go ahead. Sounds good already. <laughs> You're tuning, right? No, this is this is an original piece. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Korean song called Tuning. Um, I can play you some Bach. I don't know. Give me your A string. Okay. Like, all right, that's enough viola. <laughs> So is there a song where the viola is, or a piece where the viola is the front and center? Never. It's never <laughs> what I was going to play was uh, the Bach, one of the Bach cello suites, which viola yeah. steal and play. Oh, okay. I play it. This is Bach. Wait, uh, Will, uh, Will, uh, no, what's his name? Wilhelm? Johan. Johan Sebastian Bach. Johan Sebastian, Johann Sebastian Bach. Bach, the current, or part of it. I don't know how long you want me to play, from the first oh, cello just, suite. Just, okay, for the first cello suite. Here on Rado. Thank you. 
that was, that was imagine with a good bow how that would have sounded. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't well, that's I the oldest. Play this. Oh yeah. That smoke on the water. Uh, I got, I got, uh, see, that's the thing about a viola. Like, like if it was like a violin, she could play like you know Chardosh or something like so. Like one of these, one of these like, or you know like. Can you play it? What, can you play it? Can, can, yeah. Can you play it? Hold on, hold on. Hold on. I, 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 this, I, this an, I can fake it. <laughs> this is an electric guitar, but it, it makes a little noise. Okay. Bum, bum, bum. Let me just... What what is this that you're playing anyway? Exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a famous, uh, very famous, uh, like violin solo. Oh, okay. but, but every instrument kind of plays it. Yeah. What well, about "Ode to Joy"? Can you do some "Ode to Joy"? Oh, sure. <laughs> Play some "Ode to Joy" if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> this is Beethoven's yeah. "Ode to Joy." <laughs> Go ahead. Give her another one, Dan. <laughs> well, I, I don't know much classical music, but... Uh, that's it. That's what I'm saying. Then goes... It like There's a great video on YouTube where like, it's, it's a flash mob kind of ode to joy. Have you seen that? No. They're like they're just on some street. I guess it's in Vienna or somewhere. And some guy, it's like one guy playing like a lone violinist or whatever. And then everybody else comes out and it's like bassoons come out and like they, somebody rolls out a timpani and starts. Brrr. And then there's a whole chorus comes out and goes, you know, whatever the schlieben, lagen, heat, whatever that shit is. This, you know, this is how disrespected the viola is. Like in Peter and the Wolf, there's no viola. There's no character for the viola, right? Really? You're right. Yeah, I've played Peter and the Wolf, but we don't. We're just the the strings are are Peter. Peter yeah, yeah. I mean, subbing in for the Lion King seems like a pretty huge. So is that deal. is that is that your like day job, as it were? Kind of. Well, music. How, yeah, it's how I make most of my money. That's how you make most of your money. Yeah. Are you making money in stand up these days? I'm just starting to. I mean, I'm in a weird spot where I like the day before the shutdown, I did the Tonight Show and was about to, you know, try to. Oh, with Fallon. Yeah, do more gigs and then. You know, I did it on March 11th, 2020. So it was like oh the last God. show with a live audience. I like telling people I went to Juilliard because they act impressed. And then I act modest. And I love that. They're like, whoa, Juilliard. I'm like, ah, it's nothing. They're like, wow, humble and talented. I'm like, yes. I am perfect. It's annoying when sometimes someone hasn't heard of Juilliard. Because then I just have to politely explain to them 
that it's a big deal. <laughs> They're like, oh, what's Juilliard? I'm like, ah, oh, it's just, you know, one of the best music schools. They're like, oh, music? My niece plays violin. I'm like, yeah, she wouldn't get in. And then that was my last performance for months. You know, I tried to get on, I tried to get on Fallon, but the guy that books it, was his name Michael Cox or something? Mm -hmm. He said, I got to send him in. Did he do this to you? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. He said, I got to send him the very five minutes, the exact five minutes that I want to do on the show. No more, no less. Just send me a, a DVD or a, a video file of the five minutes precisely that you're going to do on the show. And I'm like, you know, I know. What do you mean no? I'll tell you why no, because... I don't want to send you the exact, what if you don't like one of the jokes and I got to send another tape? How about I send you seven or eight minutes and you pick the stuff that you think is best for the Tonight Show? It just, to, for me to send you five minutes, if you don't like one joke, that means I got to send you another tape, which tells me you probably don't want me on the show anyway. You're just trying to make no, it difficult. Well, for how me. would you extrapolate that from that? Because nobody else does it that way and it doesn't make logical sense to do it that way. Isabel, I don't, I know you're probably a friend of yours because he used you, but. But did you have to submit the exact five minutes that you were going to do? I'll just go on record saying I love Michael Cox. And <laughs> you don't have to say anything bad about Michael Cox. Um, I, I don't you know what I did? You know, I did an audition showcase for the okay, show. Okay. So I did the five minutes on a showcase and they approved that five minutes. And that was that. Did you so do, it's pretty much the so same I didn't, thing. So it was like a tape, but live. But did you do only five minutes? Or yes. Did, okay, okay, okay. So so he does that with everybody. But he no. did. <laughs> it wasn't just that. He did like ask me to change like one thing, you know, well, that, but I didn't well, have to send a new normal. tape. Yeah. That's normal. Like, but in other words, my feeling was this. If I got to send in the five minutes and you don't like one or two of the jokes, that means I got to send in another five minutes. So, and we can keep, and it seems like it's just annoying. <laughs> or We're, maybe they would like your five minutes and you'd, be a, and you'd be a household name. No, because you don't become a household name from Fallon. I mean, if Fallon, Why don't you just send in five minutes? Clearly. <laughs> I mean, instead no, of because like... Because I, I just got the sense that they weren't going to use me anyway. Oh, God, well, mental this, gymnastics. No, 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 no I, I think is, it's This valid. is why you have no love life. It's like, <laughs> she's not going to date me anyway. Just ask her out. Just send in the five minutes. It's probably I'd rather fucking just brilliant. Send in, I'd rather just send in seven minutes oh to another talk show <laughs> and they can say, here are the five minutes we like. My feeling was, is that he didn't really want to use me. I know the, because I know people that have done it. He, you know, and, and he, it, I don't know anybody that's just sent in a tape to Michael Cox that Michael didn't even know from a hole in the wall and got booked. The people well, tell me I, you have a novel. The now. people that I know that got booked got booked because Michael liked them. Or he saw him somewhere. Well, or maybe Fall, he, maybe Fallon he liked saw him, you. Maybe he Fallon saw, saw you somewhere. somewhere. He didn't because when my manager called him up, he's like, "Oh, yeah, well, I don't really know him, but he have him send five minutes." So, so send I, it sounds, five minutes. Send five sounds like minutes. you would have gotten booked. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think and I, I would. Why I, bother I, even trying? Because but I have I, a question for Isabel. I can do other shows. That are maybe not as as high profile as found, but close enough. And so I just do those. It, it is amazing how the how the Tonight Show went from being really the Mount Everest of of show business, kind of to um, just a generic another talk show, no better or worse than a million others. Right? It, it is a sad decline. Well, look, nothing. I mean, the past, you know, is in the past, and 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 the whole world's been upended by. I mean, there's people you can you can go on rogue. All right, not sad, a, but stark. It's it's, it's 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 nobody saw that coming. No, nobody saw <sighs> nobody saw you know you Instagram stars coming either, and yeah. uh, or, or or YouTube stars. But did did you get anything, Isabel, from the Tonight Show in particular? I mean, it must have raised your profile somewhat, anyway. Uh, I I got you know I got a few new followers, and then COVID 
So nothing. But then now, you know, now I'm like working the road, headlining a little bit. Oh, you're so, headlining. So a little bit. So I think that I think having the name, it's like, you know, it's the same thing like going to Juilliard. It's sort of having like a good housekeeping seal of approval. It doesn't actually, you know, who actually saw the set. But people are like, oh, well, it's something. We can put that on the Are you film. mostly opening or are you most now you're you're mostly opening for people? I assume you've only been doing this, what, five years or so? Six years. Six, that, I yeah. mean, we're not. Look, I can tell you, uh, not until after 10 years was I exclusively headlining and, and maybe even even a little bit beyond that. So I would assume that you're mostly opening, but I could be wrong. Uh, it's not that I'm not, I'm not exclusively headlining, but I'm just waiting for that person to have me open for them. So until then, I'll, if I get a headlining gig, I'll do that myself. But if I'm not, it's not like I'm above opening for sure. I definitely would love now, to now open. Do you have any like <laughs> um, Henny Youngman or Jack Benny like integration of your viola into the act? You do? I do. I do. Did you do uh, that on Tonight Show? No, I, I only, I do it not that often. I only do it like for like the last few minutes if I'm headlining or something as kind of a little encore. Cause I, I'm very nervous about them becoming too uh, connected with each other. Like when I started out, I wanted to keep them very separate. I wanted to know I could just do comedy. Yeah, uh, this is typical of comedians, but as well as you yeah. know, the comedy cellar is different than the other comedy clubs because we're not highbrow and we like gimmicks. <laughs> 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 and, and gimmicks is the wrong word. We, we don't actually consider them to be gimmicks. Like if you can do something like that, that other people can't do, don't let them browbeat you into keeping it out of your act. You can do it. It's funny. You think, you think the audience says, oh, that was just too entertaining. Look, it was just too interesting and unusual and, well, well, and something I'd never seen before. I, think, I'm really, I, I really wish she'd just tell some, <laughs> some, some boring white person clever lines. What I, what I think she's getting at is that she doesn't <laughs> want to be... I wish we could just have some nice uh, misdirect. Cut, cut this entertainment. <laughs> I want wry observations. <laughs> well, what, I think, uh, what I think she's getting at, Noam, is she doesn't want to be in a position where she shows up without the viola and they're like, where the fuck's the viola? Exactly. Why did you get in a position where they want you to show up, all right? Like this show. This was very rare. Normally I would have said, I'm definitely not bringing my viola, but... Can you play the violin solo from Dust in the Wind? What is... I don't know it. Can she play that by ear? I just thought you might know that. Don't you guys get that she's saying she doesn't want to play the viola? She just wants to talk about... She definitely can play Pachelbel's Canon. Uh, that, well, that's a great one. That's uh, but, you want to do some Pachelbel can. I don't even know how, what key is it. In? But like, there's there's. Okay, yeah, right, go ahead. We'll do some Pachelbel and then we'll we'll continue with my interrogation. Right. right, like that. Okay, two, three, four. Whistling. 
Well, there's a oh, reason. Yeah, it's very nice. We're available and for private parties, for, wood, for weddings. A, and There's a reason that song's that, been a hit for 200 years. You know <laughs> what? I, kept, I couldn't figure out why your name sounded so familiar, Hagen, and ha- then I just figured it out. Hagen does. You ran that set at my um, show uh, at Westside. Yes, right? I did yeah. right before yeah. COVID. Yeah, you have a show at another comedy club? Um, so the question then, right? Yes, yes, yes. Thank yes. you for having me yeah, on. Of course, <laughs> of course. That was, was for Fallon, right? Yes. yes, that's right. The question is: Is do you think you're ready to audition for the seller? And if so, how come you haven't made any overtures in that direction? I've or made. You... Uh, <laughs> I've made myself uh, available to be uh, asked to audition for sure. But um, you know, you feel weird. You don't want to like just. Well, they, they, basically, they, Noam will just go online and look you up, and right, and then if, if <laughs> no, I want you to send me the exact five minutes. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, but you got to bring your viola. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> the thing is, I think what she's trying to avoid is some comics, if they don't have their, you whatever it is, you you, you know they people say people don't want them on the stage, and so she doesn't want to be beholden to the viola. I yeah, know. basically, I got tired of lugging the thing around, and so I started stand-up, so I didn't have to bring it. So now I have to bring it again, and I'm like, well, this is the reason I... Well, thank you for bringing it. They <laughs> were, ho- I mean, they were should... hawking me, and no one will take any opportunity to talk about music instead of comedy. Well, that man, that mandolin viola thing was pretty good we did, That was right? great. Yeah, was that was great, great content. It was great. <laughs> so, so I can't wait to put a clip of the that. The comedy seller is actually... You really does, I think, I wouldn't say, I, no, I would say unique among all the clubs in New York. I mean, I don't, look, I don't know all, what all the clubs do, but in actively seeking out new people. I don't know that the other clubs are actively seeking out anybody. I think they're just hanging out, and if you beg enough and you and you hang out enough, they might they might uh, let you audition or send a tape. Why is that? That's ridiculous. If it ain't broke, you know? Yeah, well, it is, it is broke because but it's you, <laughs> you guys really are interested in the artist. No. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're interested I, in having a good show and they have a lot of repeat business, so they need new people. I mean, there's only so much people can hear my uncle joke again and again. <laughs> I mean, love your uncle joke. It's a great joke. It's a great <laughs> joke, <laughs> your uncle joke. We've had this conversation many times and I always feel like I'm like I'm I'm putting that people don't understand it, but people always think that because we do a good job at the comedy cellar, it it betrays some sort of deep care about comedy and and artistry and stuff like that. <laughs> And the thing is, of course, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a musician myself. Of course, I, I, I value artistry and, and all that stuff. You can put the viola away. But, but, oh, great. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. <laughs> but, but it's a business. And I would think you don't need to value artistry or comedy in order to understand that you have to have the best comedy in the world on your stage. It's like, I don't need to love pizza, but if I'm going to have a pizzeria, you better goddamn know I'm going to, that pizza is, I'm going to put all my effort to making sure I have the very best pizza I can have. Oh, you must really love pizza. No, I'm a, I'm in business. But there are some people, but there are some club owners, and in particular, the stand is in this category, where the owners started off as comedy fans. And so to them, there's a particular meaningfulness this is not the case with the comedy cell. This is not the case with, I think, most cl- Well, uh, maybe Gotham, Pete Mazzilli, uh, Chris Mazzilli, rather, was a comic, so he, he might have had a certain affection for the art form. Um, 
But most of the clubs were just these were businessmen trying to make money, and so they. That's I guess. I mean, like we do. Well, except, except that. Okay, so so how to explain this? Why do the clubs that are run by people who have been comedians and who care about comedy so much? Apparently, why do they have check spots? And why does the club that doesn't care that much like that? Why do I have the sense to say no? I have. I have performers on my stage. I'm not going to hand out checks while they're performing. It's very classy. I'm saying like, like, yeah, I can't understand. I don't know yeah, why. It, I guess because, it's just, they, they, no, you're right. Yes, I, like because you're right. I think it's insane to me to be giving out checks. But that's what I'm trying to say is because you think about the artist, like you know, put- it's bad for business. I don't know. I think that you really take. You think great- the show? You think the show doesn't suffer when the last comic is trying to yeah, talk I over do. people who had the yeah. tuna salad? Like you know, this, <laughs> this is disgusting. It's no, actually awful. No, it's no so, way to do a show. It's horrible. <laughs> so I mean, like I, again, I'm not saying I don't care about comedy. I'm just saying like that is not you're what, a what you're seeing. Which is and you really pay attention to the details. And he's you, trying to make money. Is what he's trying to tell you. You keep fighting him. You're fighting him. You're fighting him tooth and nail it's on this. Ju- yeah, of course I'm trying to make money, but it's not just money. It's like you do something, do it right. No, yeah, that's, I mean, what's-his-face was asking me, not like somehow, like, I don't know why he's asking me this. Kyle, what makes the cellar, like, the best Kyle club? In, Kyle uh, Smith. Kyle Smith. Who's that? Uh, the the, the uh, National Review we had two weeks ago. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, I should have just said he's just trying to run a business. <laughs> well, you know, because it reminds I'm me like, so- no one really cares about the comedians and he puts the comedians first and he cares about the sound and he cares about the seating and he pays attention to the details. Yeah, yeah. I should have, that was the wrong no, answer. No, so, so, That's so, the right answer, but the wrong motivation. <laughs> so, but it's not money. So that you, you do something, you do something right. So when I, when I was a kid, uh, how should we, so when I was, when I was being the, playing the band in the Wah, I would get really mad when the musicians wouldn't play well. Even if we were playing something funny or lighthearted or whimsical or just, or spontaneous, like, like, don't, let's not bullshit around here. Like, yeah. And they'd be like, and they would think, oh, it's because, you know, you're trying to make money, blah, blah, blah. I say, no, because when I would grow up, like, and I'd play with my father, he played guitar too. And we'd play in the living room. If I didn't take it seriously, he'd get furious at me. Just like, oh, just forget it. We're not, we're not playing today. And it was just the two of us. It's like, you just do it, you know, you, you just do it right. That's all. If you care about money enough and you care about artistry enough, you actually get the same result, it turns out. Yes. That's interesting. That's good. That's true. You do have to have you have to have you have to have a certain kind of, for lack of a better word, sophistication. You have to, yes. you have to be able to understand what you're what's going on. But it is caring some people, some people about don't. details, and you know, some people really don't give a shit. They don't give a shit what it sounds like. They don't give a shit what it looks like. I think it's also an intelligence. Some people have no idea why their show is not good. They don't have the wherewithal to say, "Oh, it's the sound. Right. It's because the music from the bar is bleeding in and it's ruining the." You know. Yeah. Uh, you must be very like sensitive to that as a musician like you notice yeah yeah i mean i think it drives most comics crazy though when you can hear the music it just ruins if i could make you a star in comedy uh, with a snap of my finger and the only price to pay would be give up music would you take it when when i when you say give up music do you mean you can listen to music i can listen to it oh sure you can listen all day long what what's a star in comedy (laughs) Well, what's a star in comedy? I mean, How much am I making? Dan Netterman level. Dan, uh, <laughs> Sarah Silverman or higher? Uh, I mean, whatever you God, want. Whatever I mean, you probably, want. Probably, yeah. So I your... just can never pick up an instrument again. You pick it up. You can't play it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. You would take that. Wow. I, I think. I don't I know. I might feel pro- differently tomorrow, but. 
you know, today. I think it was a Twilight Zone episode like this, wasn't there? Like some, some, some And also somebody you don't know will die. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Twilight Zone. In that case, I take Dan Madaman level. I don't care. That was a movie, The Box or whatever. No, the bo- that's it was a, a Twilight movie. Zone. It was, but it was also a Twilight that's Zone. That's like the only episode of The Twilight Zone I ever saw as a kid, and it freaked me out so Which much. Which one is that? That, that was what the. And someone you don't know will die. You got you you get a million dollars. You press this button, and if you press the button, you get a million dollars or whatever the money was. And but somebody you don't know will die. And then so so the guy there's him and his wife all night long. They're debating. Okay, they press the button. The guy comes over with the money, and he takes the box back. Like, what are you doing with the box? Oh, I'm I'm just gonna we're gonna reprogram it to give it to somebody else. But it'll be somebody you don't even know. Get it? He'll probably die. Because now he's going to die when I the next guy. Goosebumps! I that that goosebumps. episode haunts me. I swear to God, that's awful. Um, I really think you should send in those five minutes, and I think that you concocted a story that is does not exist in reality. Um, I re- I mean, I think it's like first of all, the five minutes are probably hysterical. No, but it's got it's very hard. To, it's very annoying to make a okay. A so it's annoying. That's so precisely. I mean, I'm, I assume he's not going to time it with an atomic clock, but, you know, to get it Can to five minutes. To put up with? No, cause, because there's other shows, Perry. If there was no other show, I would do it. But there's, there's other it's shows, so I, I ended how, up doing, I ended up doing TBS. I ended up doing Conan. This was, you know, so, I mean, it doesn't really work. But how annoying, really, on a scale and, from one to ten? How very, 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 very annoying. Very annoying. To make those tapes is oh, I hate making tapes for talk shows. So it is make, the worst. Now you're making it even Just more difficult. Take videos of yours that you already have and edit them into a five minute thing and, and do those jokes. Well, because the, most of the jokes are jokes that, by very, the very nature of doing a talk show, you, they want jokes you haven't done in another talk show. So I don't have the tape handy. So I got to do it. So you're going to make it difficult. I'll just do Cohen. I mean, if if doing the Tonight Show meant. What it used to mean, then I would go through those hoops. But since it doesn't, I'll just do, I'll do Conan or Colbert or whatever other show, you know. Uh, that You know, what's that? Too late for Conan. Conan's gone. Conan is gone, but there's, there's Corden, there's, there's Myers, there's uh, Colbert, you know. Except for um, the insult dog triumph. Yeah. I don't think I ever saw anything on the Conan O'Brien show. I, 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 I really like, I, I liked him. He's, he's a pleasant enough guy, but I never understood like the, like how did he, how did he do so well for so long? You know that's a terrible thing to say. I'm sorry I said that. I, I, I barely, I barely ever, barely ever watch it. Like, okay, what I'm saying is like, well, I, it's, I so it's get about the, Johnny it's about Carson. The, it's about the guests. I the got, guests are good, and Triumph was amazing. Triumph was amazing, right? So Johnny Carson was phenomenal, right? Like, he's obviously Johnny Carson was, and then David Letterman, especially when he first came on the scene, this was something fresh and amazing, and he was, and he was funny, and he was alpha male, and he was cool, and he was original. I mean, it was, you know, and uh, Dan has to go. We, we can wind up and. And um, other than those two guys, nobody ever really made that much of an impact on me. Now, Conan was a funny guy. A $15 value. But as a host, no, like, like I, I don't know. I, didn't, I never fell in love with, with Conan. I, don't, I mean, I don't, I'm, I don't know. I feel bad now because the truth is I've, I've never watched almost any of these shows. Okay, so I, well, I'm, I'm, afraid like, I'm afraid like Conan O'Brien might hear that I actually said this. And I, so I, I really feel bad. I just, he doesn't give a shit about me, but I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings anyway. I, I I feel bad that I said it. But how can we never feel bad when you say things like that to me? Well, you're here to def- to defend yourself. Anyway, you know? folks, I have to. Uh, <laughs> you want to wrap it up, or you guys I, can continue. I, but I know, but I, just, I I guess all I'm saying is that um, aside from, aside, I mean, people think say say he's brilliant. I don't. I'm not familiar with his work. I I really don't know. But people say he's incredible. 
he's very, very funny. I think he's very, very talented. I just okay. I don't think I've ever got him as like the. I didn't get Leno either, by the way. It wasn't like none of these guys. How come you don't feel bad if what Leno is that you're going to hurt his feelings? Mike Douglas. And now we're going back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you have a spot. You're going to be Yeah, late. I have a spot. Say but uh, do you want to say, th- uh, do you want to wrap it up, Noam? Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. I was, that was really fun. You should come on Monday nights. We play we play music in the olive tree. Oh, fun. And um, you bring your viola. All right. But doesn't she have to kind of rehearsal first because she can just show up? Oh, she, and... she's, she's got it together. She can just sit She's in. got it together. Wow. Uh, well, I Dan's book is no obliga- called... No Obligation. My book, Ira Spiro Before COVID, available on Amazon. Buy it. And uh, thank you. And podcast at ComedySeller.com for questions, comments, and suggestions. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Sorry, Conan. <laughs> <laughs>